National Catholic Register. This is Register Radio, bringing light and clarity to the news and topics that affect your life. Argentina got its first woman saint last weekend, a lay woman who was a Jesuit missionary. The canonization of Mama Antula brought together two once antagonistic Argentines, Pope Francis and the country's new president, Javier Millet. Catholic News Agency's editor-in-chief, Ken Oliver, brings us the story. Then we turn to National Marriage Week. Although the marriage rate is 60% of what it was in the 1950s, studies show people who are married are happier than those who don't marry. How do we build strong and happy marriages? Witness to Love founders Mary Rose and Ryan Barrett join us with their insights. I'm Jeanette DeMello, Executive Director of the National Catholic Register and Catholic News Agency, and your host here on Register Radio. I'm joined by my co-host Matthew Bunsen, uh, who is EWTN News' Vice President and Editorial Director. Matthew is in studio at the Washington Bureau for EWTN. He's with Ken Oliver. Ken, this is your first time on, on Register Radio. Uh, he is the editor-in-chief of Catholic News Agency, a former White House uh, director of specialty media, news director, former news director at NBC Radio, and news producer at Radio Marti, uh, among other journalistic endeavors and public policy endeavors. Um, uh, Ken is bilingual, and he worked for Spanish media outlet and outlets before, and he is now collaborating very regularly with Catholic News Agency's Spanish language partner, Asi Prensa. And it's in that capacity today, he, he, he is with us to talk about uh, the, the new president of Argentina and this meeting uh, he had with Pope Francis. Ken, it's so good to have you with us. It's uh, really great to be with you both today. Thank you. So last Sunday, uh, a photo went viral of uh, Javier Millet and Pope Francis embracing at St. Peter's Basilica. Uh, why do you think there was such interest in this meeting? Well, first of all, as you mentioned, it's great that Mama Antula, the first consecrated laywoman uh, saint from Argentina, brought them together. And uh, in this time of reconciliation, that is heartwarming. It was it, it, President Millet is an eccentric figure. He's fascinating to everybody. The first libertarian uh, president of Argentina, and he, um, in fact, in his Twitter account, he doesn't put president of Argentina, he just puts economist. So he, uh, he is, uh, obviously, there's a backstory with regard to during the, the election campaign, he criticized the Pope with very harsh words uh, in terms of his uh, economic views. Um, and he uh, advocates very strongly for the uh, uh, f pure free market approach to, to, to economics, and he is uh, really beginning his shock therapy in, in Argentina. Um, so it was fascinating just to see Jeanette and Matthew, the, the warmth of that encounter on Sunday, to see, um, of course, the cultural empathy. They're, they're both from Buenos Aires, and they're both... Uh, the most powerful Argentines in, in the world. And um, to see that, uh, where the where Pope Francis called him son, you know, in Spanish, and to see uh, his sister, the president's sister, also give the Pope a kiss, and just, um, it was really, really good. And I think Pope Francis also, right after Millet's election, called him and, and began a rapprochement. You know, uh, so there's been a, a healthy 
development there. Well, I was going to say that the, the, the contrast could not have been starker between uh, some of the things that uh, Millet said during the campaign. I believe at one point he actually called Pope Francis an imbecile. Is that right? He did, yes. Yeah, so why the change of heart? Uh, we, perhaps we can say the influence of Mama Antula, but there's also a real political pragmatism uh, at work here too, and realpolitik. Yes, even even prior, just prior to the election, he was backtracking a little bit um, and realizing that to reach conservatives in Argentina, he needed to pull back uh, and, and emphasize that he does want the Pope to visit Argentina. And one of his first acts as president was to make an official invitation to Pope Francis to return to his home country. So, uh, And that was one of the subjects of their conversation. And we know that Pope Francis has said he does want to visit Argentina probably during the second half of this year, but of course that's health permitting. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the free market support that the MLA gives. That really is in contrast, too, to, to Pope Francis's wider approach. I know that uh, a piece was just published on the realities of the differences between the two of them in economic matters. Absolutely. The Pope emphasizes common good and, and that he, he constantly tells us, you know, that uh, free market economics or trickle-down economics doesn't work. It needs to be regulated, <clears throat> as many countries have learned over the years, right? Uh, uh, we, we have to put the, the poor and the most vulnerable uh, in, uh, into our calculations about how we deal uh, with our economy. And um, that really contrasts with Millet's approach. Although, um, I do know that during their meeting uh, at the Vatican, uh, they did discuss uh, a new food distribution system for the poor that, that the new government is implementing. So I think some of the realities are catching up with President Millet uh, in terms of how much uh, change can be made. And he's, he is encountering opposition very early from his Congress as well as he tries to implement some really uh, radical reforms and, and downsizing the government. You mentioned a few things that they talked about in this meeting. So they, they had a meeting. They met, obviously, at the canonization, this, this big, warm embrace, and then they, they met the next day on uh, um, February 12th, so Monday. And it was said to be an hour-long meeting, um, which by, you know, our Vaticanistas tell us that that's a very, very long <laughs> uh, meeting for Pope Francis uh, with a, a head of state or with anyone. So do we know much more of what they talked about? You mentioned um, this food distribution and, and also the, the hope of, 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 of the Pope going to Argentina as he's long promised. What else do we know? Well, we know that very morning the Israeli Defense Forces had rescued two uh, Jewish uh, citizens of Argentine who are also Argentine nationals. So Millet came into the meeting very happy about that, and they did discuss the world uh, situation, Millet having just returned from Israel. So that was one area, and uh, in addition to the uh, visit, um, and I, I don't know, um, clearly they talked about the economic program in general, and then uh, President Millet spoke later with the Secretary of State of the Vatican, and they talked about their positive relations in general terms. But we don't know too much more than that. We do I know they. I'm yeah, sorry. I don't think we can. I don't think we can minimize their differences. There are real, substantial differences, and uh, it it all looked very good. But the reality is, they are quite opposed in, in their overall outlook. So the lemon biscuits that Malay brought him aren't necessarily going to be a sufficient uh, peace offering with those. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yes, and, and are most of those differences, I mean, as you were talking, it's about uh, economics. Their worldviews really differ um, very, very greatly on economics. And of course, there's a, there is economic strife in 
Argenti Argentina, and that's been going on for years. The Pope has been very critical um, of the last government as well. Um, but do we know of places where um, Millet and, and the Pope may converge rather than diverge? I think in general terms, they, they all, uh, Millet comes from a good uh, place in terms of what's, what has been happening in Argentina hasn't been working. And as, a, as we discussed, uh, this meeting was much longer than any other previous meeting with an Argentine president. Uh, the Pope's had several, uh, two, two prior meetings uh, with the predecessors of Millet. So this was uh, clearly their focus on what, what can be done to improve the situation uh, for you know, 40 percent of the population of the country living in poverty, with a inflation rate over 100 percent in the last few years, and uh, uh, the 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 devaluation of the currency, 90 percent of the U.S. dollar, basically at this point, and so inflation has been going down in the last couple months under Malay, and there there are some good signs, and I think they do share you know common good, but Malay is very clear that. He made his case very clearly at Davos, at the World Economic Forum last month, that it's the free market system that empowers people and that liberates people from poverty, and that he, he makes a very strong case for, for that model. But there's out, there's also more, right? Uh, I think we we c uncovered in the in the very beginning when uh, uh, Javier Millet was elected that there are some social uh, issues that uh, he would converge better on the church than even the than on the economic ones. He, he there are some pro life expectations. What do we know of that? You're absolutely right, Jeanette. Thank you for mentioning that. that he is pro-life, and his vice president is very pro-life practicing Catholic. Uh, they haven't made that a priority yet, um, mm -hmm. given the economic situation, but certainly that, that alignment did help the Malay uh, to win the election. Absolutely. In the Go time ahead, we Matthew. have left, uh, let's talk about the reason that Mal one of the reasons that Malay was in Rome, and that, of course, is the canonization of a very important figure in Argentina. Yes, uh, Mama Antula. Her name's Maria Antonia de Passi Figueroa. She was a noble, uh, noble uh, uh, family, and she came. I guess she was born in the yeah 1700s. Um, lived until 1799, and she uh, was a consecrated laywoman. She was recognized for dedicating her life to the proclamation of the gospel, especially among the poorest, and especially during the time when the Jesuits were suppressed. And she. Uh, promoted in the absence of the order the uh, spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius and she uh, founded the Holy House of Spiritual Exercises in the Argentine capital and um, and so she uh, as the Archbishop of Argentina of, of Buenos Aires said recently she showed a boldness and apostolic creativity um, and uh, really remarkable uh, considered the really um, uh, the founding mother of Argentina yeah, as somebody who had such close ties with the Jesuits, I'm sure she was also a great interest to our Jesuit Pope, uh, mm -hmm. Pope Francis. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. That, we have a great story at catholicnewsagency.com uh, on uh, Mother Antula. Uh, Courtney uh, Mares uh, covered this. It's Pope Francis canonized Argentine's first female saint. It's worth the read at catholicnewsagency.com. We also have an analysis uh, on this meeting that we've been speaking of, this is also at catholicnewsagency.com. The analysis is by Matthew Santucci, 
who's in our, also based in Rome, like Courtney Mares. It's called Analysis, Millet, Pope Francis, Embody Contrasting Economic Viewpoints. So you can read a little bit more about how they diverge. Uh, Ken, it's so great to, to have you with us today. Uh, thanks for, uh, for talking to us. Thank you for the opportunity, Jeanette. Thank you, Matthew. When we come back, we give a shout to the blessings of marriage as we celebrate National Marriage Week with Mary Rose and Ryan Barrett. This is Register Radio on EWTN. Stay tuned for more. Sacrifice is a profound virtue Catholics can lovingly embrace, especially during Lent. But this year, why not also indulge in something good for your soul? Give yourself the gift of EWTN's National Catholic Register and stay connected to the latest developments and historical traditions of our Catholic faith. Save half off your subscription today. Get the National Catholic Register delivered to your home, office, or parish. Filled with spiritual insights on world events, along with compelling Catholic news and information. To get 50% off your subscription, order online at ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. The National Catholic Register. It's the one indulgence you won't ever want to give up. Call or click today to save half off. The National Catholic Register. Read faithfully. Let's return to Register Radio on EWTN. Welcome back. I'm Jeanette Mello, Executive Director of the National Catholic Register and Catholic News Agency. I'm together with EWTN News' Vice President and Editorial Director, Matthew Bunsen, my co-host on Register Radio. Valentine's Day was this past week, and I'm sure no one missed that, less the ire of loved ones. Um, but what you may not have known was this whole week has been designated to celebrate marriage. This is National Marriage Week, and today we have with us Mary Rose and Ryan Verrett, who are the founders of Witness to Love, an organization that promotes strong marriages through programs of formation and renewal. They're authors of Witness to Love, How to Help the Next Generation Build Marriages that Survive and Thrive. And their marriage prep program it serves couples in more than 90 dioceses. So um, we're very happy to have them. And there's, there's really one last little thing about their bio, which is relatively new. Uh, Pope Francis recently named the Verrett's consultants to the Vatican's dicastery for, the, for laity, family, and life. And I think youth is in there now these days, too. So uh, Mary Rose and Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to Congrats. be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, congratulations on this significant appointment. What, what, what an honor. Thank you, yes. And I was just telling someone earlier, I said, there's nothing you can't do with six kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, someone, uh, someone in Rome thought we had some time to do something extra. Praise God. He, the Lord knows what's going on. But God me. provides, right, somehow. And you have <laughs> yes. a one-year-old. So, so, yeah, that's not easy. <laughs> yes. so, that's, Abundant that's, life. Abundant life, praise God. Um, so I, I have, I, this is the first time we're talking on Register Radio. You, you both have um, been present to Catholic News Agency and to the National Catholic Register. Uh, Mary Rose, you've written for us. It's, it's really great uh, to connect with you uh, and to help lift up uh, marriage, which you have been advocating for, for de- a decade at least now. So how, how did you come to be the marriage advocates you are today? 
Well, I, I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, I would say, desperation and the Holy Spirit. And uh, <laughs> there, there's a, an expression that says, you know, if you need something done, ask a busy person. And, um, you know, I say that sort of tongue-in-cheek, but it is true. Um, and I think that's kind of the, the humor of everything that we're doing and, uh, you know, the blessing and, and the gift that it is as well. So uh, really this all started as a, a response to seeing uh, after years of working in diocesan ministry in two different dioceses, and when our second child was born, I said, okay, I'm going to take a break, and getting involved in marriage ministry very part-time at our parish and realizing that's really where the rubber meets the road, and that if couples weren't going to church before the wedding day, they wouldn't be going after, and that we had to fix, this this system is just broken. And uh, there is a a paragraph from uh, Pope John Paul II, uh, in paragraph 66 of Samaria's Consortio that says, you know, basically, marriage preparation should give couples a desire to be an active part of the ecclesial community. Uh, and he talks about a catechumenal model for marriage formation, and we just said, well, that's it. Like, that's what we have to do. And um, a lot of experimenting, interviewing hundreds of couples, and not taking no for an answer um, was really how Witness to Love uh, developed and evolved a lot of research, a lot of data, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, prayer, miracles, and uh, we it was really just to fix the problem at our own parish of couples getting divorced and not going to church, and it just spread quickly to other pastors, and then it spread around the country, and, and you know, we said it went from pastor to pastor, and then bishop to bishop, and then obviously now it's, uh, it's gone beyond that. So it's, it's been a blessing, uh, but a surprise uh, all along the way. Sure, sure. And I know I know you're not s- sociologists. Um, I know Ryan does have a, a background in in, uh, in some psychology and, and, and all of that, and he can explain that if he'd like. But I'm going to ask you a question kind of about statistics. You said you did this to help your parish, and then it started to help the church in a wider sense. Uh, but we know society needs this as a whole. And, mm-hmm. and since 1950, uh, the marriage rate has dropped 60 percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it was 75 percent uh, back then, and now it's 31 percent. That's the marriage rate, and that's mm-hmm. that has an effect on society. So, how does the reverse? How do happy marriages help society? Gosh, uh, you're 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 saying exactly what I was thinking earlier. I just heard a headline just today. So the 15th of February, that said, 10 years ago, there were 5 million people reported to be living alone in the United States. And today, 10 years later, that number's at 38 million. I heard that on, I'm not going to steer away from the radio from EWTN, but on a government-funded radio program. Mm-hmm. They said from five, that they were, that's a, a true number. The church has been speaking prophetically since Pius XII, obviously with uh, Paul VI, with Humana Vitae, John Paul II. All these things we've known, particularly those have been dedicated to the pro-life movement, uh, what what the, um, the, uh, the wrong anthropology has presented and instructed uh, generations of, of Catholics, non-Catholics, people in the United States, has led to a loneliness. The Church is teaching what Christ proposes about the goodness and the sacrament of marriage is the remedy. John Paul II said that marriage is the way of the Church. So, our, you know, in our role dedicated to this catechumenist view, but, you know, serving Christ in the Church through the sacrament of matrimony, we know it's going to be the thing, the game-changer, the needle, the thing that's going to move the needle to get to re- to renew the church. Otherwise, we're just in a long, slow decline, which we see happening in many places in the nation. So, from your lived experience, uh, what are the practical things? How does this work on the ground? Yeah, we say one is a, a key component of witness love 
is, is the saying that really gets the Catholic anthropology in John Paul II's view that authentic faith formation, authentic catechesis and evangelization only moves at the pace of a friendship. And this is virtuous friendship. This is the friendship of the way St. Thomas and the Catechism talks about friendship and virtue formation. So we say that the, the best way to start to catechize and to provide, to evangelize in this new apostolic age that we're in is to start with friendship, the way Christ models friendship and honesty and that truth, you know, can never be established upon a lie and the correct view of the person. So when witness to love with the distinguishing factor is that engaged couples choose a mentor or someone they are attracted to. So we follow a similar like evangelical path where removing these engaged wanderers, who most of them, nine out of ten, are cohabitating, they're contracepting, they don't think pornography is a big deal. They're really, really outside of what we say, actual grace and sacramental grace, but still made in God's image and likeness, and letting them be attracted, almost like the Magi, where we just came out of Christmas and the Epiphany, right? So, and to see this, like, there is a light. Mentors in the United States, this past year, we had almost 4,000 mentors open up their homes. We'd say their homes are the missionary outposts of the local parish. So those engaged couples come into the homes of the mentor, and they see for the first time ever, really, what a Catholic marriage and a home could be like. Nothing perfect, only God the Father is perfect in Christ, right? But they can see for the first form, and they, they see it for the first time, and then that faith becomes a little bit more in, in, in flesh of them, and that's when this conversion process can turn, when they go from being wanderers to seekers. You know, we have a, a blogger at the National Catholic Register, John Grandelsky, and he wrote some he, a blog, Catholic Thoughts uh, on National Marriage Week, and he he was criticizing a bit this idea that um, uh, that's present today, where people are seeking a soulmate, um, and that yeah. marriage is <laughs> is the you know is the desire for a soulmate, and and it's it's not all that. I mean, you talk about friendship, but how is it different, soulmate versus this friendship model you're talking about? Mary Rose has the answer for that one. <laughs> <laughs> we were. We just read this article, and we were actually discussing it in the car, and we're, yeah. we're referring to the article that um, your, your blogger was uh, uh, critiquing. And the, the article is basically saying, I think it was like uh, 70% of young people, uh, maybe even 80, uh, they have this idea that there's a soulmate out there, someone who's going to complete them. And I think that's what a lot of the hype about the, um, uh, you know, Taylor Swift and Kelsey, you know, that whole, you know, everybody's just watching it like, oh, you know, are, are they soulmates? You know, are they destined right. for one another? Have their stars aligned and so people are living vicariously through this? And, you know, those that, that worldview doesn't usually end well because if someone hangs your moon and they mess up, you know, there's a long way to fall. And, Absolutely. you know, this, it, it's not a, a Christian worldview. Now, yes, you know, I believe that you know, if you are discerning, and if you are open to God's will, and you are praying, and you're living a virtuous life, like, God will, you know, help you discern the right person, and they won't be perfect, but the two of you will grow in grace and virtue together. So that's that's the Catholic worldview, that's the Christian worldview. But uh, somehow, I don't know if it's Hallmark, romance novels, I don't know what's in the water, <laughs> but people have this uh, very... Um, uh, you know, I think it's become their religion, like love is their religion. And you see a lot of this in sort of, you know, Greek mythology and uh, a lot of the, the you know, time of uh, the pastoral romance poems uh, that you see, like in England and different things, you know, during that romantic period. So um, this isn't something new, but um, there, 
there's some beautiful things about that worldview, but it doesn't lead to happily ever after in reality. Right, right. There's there is a lot of um, of the cross <laughs> in in yeah. marriage, um, and it's necessary because that's how we imitate Christ. You know, Pope Francis has spoken a lot about uh, the defense of marriage. He's spoken. Uh, a lot about marriage, um, not only, you know, let's say defending it um, from the world, but just to help encourage the vocation uh, for husbands and wives. He he said, and I quote, um, it's a call to steer a tiny boat, wave-tossed yet sturdy, thanks to the reality of the sacrament across a stormy sea, uh, or at, at times a stormy sea. And And one of the things he says is by virtue of the sacrament of matrimony, Jesus is present in that boat. And I think that's something that we always need to think about is the, the third person in a marriage, right? And that's Christ. Um, so how give us some tips. Um, what are some lifelines for couples, uh, for married couples who um, maybe are feeling tossed around in the boat? I, I think one of the most important things, and this is a, an insight we've seen over and over through Witness to Love, you cannot do marriage alone. Uh, an isolated marriage uh, is not going to thrive. And so you need to be surrounded with peers who are trying to do marriage with you. So trying to live the abundant life, people who are going to challenge you, uh, that you can call for help, that you can lean on, that you can bounce things off of, who aren't going to demean your spouse, right? So we have a lot of that today where, you know, you tell your girlfriend or your guy friend um, things about your spouse, and you're not actually looking for a solution. You're just griping. And that uh, it can kill a marriage. So uh, it's better to have couple friends who are lifting you and your marriage up. And when you and your spouse pull apart, they're going to push you back together. Um, that is uh, foundational. Um, also that you're praying with these couples. We, we pray the rosary with uh, about 10 other Catholic families every Sunday at 3 o'clock. All of our kids, mm-hmm. all of the families. You walk in the door, they hand you uh, uh, a cocktail and a rosary. <laughs> and, um, and we just have a, you know, a beautiful time together praying, and uh, that's, so that's important. That, those are great tips, and I know you have many more tips at your website, witnesstolove.org, so I invite our listeners to go there, but also to go to ncregister.com. Uh, we've got a, a lot of good resources and articles this week. I mentioned one. Another one uh, is a book, by, uh, a, a book review of a book by Brad Wilcox about uh, getting married and why that's so important in our culture today. So please go to ncregister.com, look up all of these marriage materials, and I pray that God strengthen uh, your ministry, uh, Mary Rose and Ryan, and and also for our listeners, uh, that you have success in strengthening your marriages. So remember, for more news, analysis, and commentary, to check out the National Catholic Register online at ncregister.com. Thanks for joining us on Register Radio on EWTN. For Matthew Bunsen and today's producer, Michael McCall, I'm Jeanette DeMello. Until next week, may God bless you.